Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political embryo, Kobe Omanaka, and as always, I'm joined by our co-hosts and political grown-ups in Diane and Tatton. Guys, how are you feeling? Very grown-up. I've just been described as a grown-up. No one's, literally no one's ever described me as a grown-up before. That's amazing. I mean, we say all kinds of things like professors and whatever, and it's like, oh, that's nice. But this is, being a grown-up is genuinely something I aspire to. So this is uh, this is amazing. You've made my day, Kobe. Thank you very much. So you didn't want to be an oak tree. <laughs> you prefer to be a grown-up than an oak tree. Oh, I mean, that's a question. Would you prefer to be a grown-up or an oak tree? I think I, I think an oak tree. <laughs> You'd have a long life, wouldn't you, as an oak tree? Just chill, man. It's just chill. You just kind of sit out there. You have squirrels climbing all over you. You have like acorns sometimes. Sometimes you don't. It's cool. <laughs> Yourself, Dan? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I do understand why the hesitation to be called a grown up because I've never felt older than when people call me the man when their kids are being writers in front of you. When you go to the supermarket, watch out for the man. And then you feel you feel like you're immediately 80 years old because that's what my parents used to say to me when I was in Sainsbury's running around and there was a man there who was irritating. No, I stopped, I'd say, in the 1990s growing up and that's where I'd like to remain. And uh, even my radio station choices reflect that. <laughs> so you're still on Radio 1? <laughs> no, I'm all the ones that play the 1990s music. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Anyway, let's get into politics and the Simple Politics Instagram feed. First of all, as always, we go to the most popular post this week. Tatten, do you want to lead us off? I had a wonderful, wonderful day last week because uh, because Keir Starmer wanted to talk about the Constitution. And we've had a lot of kind of frivolity and silliness. But now here we go. <laughs> proper A-level politics. The Constitution. And who did he get to write the report for him? He got Gordon Brown. Prime Minister Gordon Brown in to write the report. And I just, I just ticked all my nerd boxes. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, Keir Starmer says that what matters to the British people is 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 having the power back in their hands and we need to have more devolution and we need to strengthen the union by making everyone have more local power. Uh, we're going to move 50,000 civil servants outside of London. And they say that's going to save like millions of pounds, but it'll only save millions of pounds if we pay them less because they're outside London, right? I don't know how else... It saves. So, is it expenses as well that that they they rack up these civil servants? Do they do civil servants live in London or do they commute a lot from I their mean, homes? A lot, a lot do commute. I mean, because yeah. civil servants aren't paid that much, and living in London mm. is is not cheap. So maybe maybe it's just London waiting. Anyway, we're going to get more control of job centres. Everything's going to be done much more locally. We're going to get rid of the of the, of the second House of Lords. We're going to have a new elected second chamber. We're talking Lords reform, people. This is my jam, right? <laughs> I watched I watched the press conference. I read the little handout that they kind of gave out. I loved it. It's really important. It's a really vital thing for Keir Starmer to say, this is a real difference between us, the Conservative Party. We're looking to change things. We're looking to get away from the status quo. We're looking to improve our country. Obviously, the problem is not everyone in the country is me, alas. <laughs> That's always a problem. <laughs> I, th I mean, it's probably not a problem. But for the Labour Party, most people are like, 
Yeah, and what and the Conservatives did a really effective advert that day, and it was like what we're doing, and it kind of bullet pointed some of the great things the Conservative Party think they're doing, right? And then what Labour are doing, and it basically said, um, the Constitution, um, and it was yeah, it, it was really effective. It's an important how, how- policy. It's an important debate to have. We're two years away from an election. I'm not quite sure the point of it right now. <laughs> this is kind of this is kind of my point. My my question to to both of you in that the shadow government, Keir Starmer leading it, have to kind of set their stalls out in the way in the in the anticipation of a of the election. Some of these changes here that's proposing seem like extraordinarily grandiose, like eliminating the House of Lords. I'm not sure what they'll get and what the point of it. I like some of the I like some of the aspects like. Um, Banning all jobs for all second jobs for MPs, for example, I think that's something that seems attainable and kind of sets us all up for how MPs should be uh, constituent focused first. But then it still comes back to the, yeah, but you're not in power. Can you actually do these things? How aspirational are these things? Can you, can you, if you were in power, would this be something you would focus on? I think that it's important to not just have to have a decent, deep set of policies, right? Mm. To not just be talking about the here and now, to have an aspiration to change the country. I mean, the, the second jobs for MPs thing, always like, I, I think I've said on this podcast before, told the story on this podcast before, of an MP I knew who, who, who at, the, at Parliament, when I was working at Parliament, who was a dentist and ran his private dentistry on a Sunday. Right, he still kept up a few appointments for his private dentists on a Sunday. It didn't interrupt any MP work. It was just something he did basically in his time off, on his day off. Should he? I mean, should should he really be stopped from doing that? Is that is that is that reasonable? I think that sometimes, because some people do have second jobs that are hard to justify alongside being an MP, like going to the jungle. You absolute <laughs> asshole. it does say it does say banning almost all second jobs for mps i just i mean i think mechanisms mechanisms are tricky how you catch hancock and you don't catch beresford i don't know when we watched that the real highlight for me was when it came to the questions and it's that thing that you know we're two years away there's other stuff going on and beth rigby from sky basically said that like what what why why this why have you like hung your hat on this and constitution stuff And Keir's response is really interesting because he sort of said, you know, this is fun. It's fundamentals, isn't it? And it's fundamentals that need to change and we need to get it right because otherwise you're in this perpetual cycle of just going from crisis to crisis. And um, he described it as like, you know, every winter it's almost like a shock in Westminster. It's like, oh, we've got to help people this winter. What are we going to do? And it's this big reactive, reactive thing. And he was basically saying if you can get the systems right if things are working smoothly less bureaucratically all this then we won't be in that cycle hopefully that it's just an interesting view i i I see where it's coming out definitely uh hopefully you know for the labor party and and labor potential voters that excites them enough to uh, get them to vote um and we talked last week about one of the big points about richard sunak was that he has steadied the ship from the previous two (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the previous two people and that's that's a big thing so hey why not but i think i just finally on this one i think that we are two years out and this idea of getting the systems in place and doing the bedrock you don't need to excite voters right now right now you can't making labor 
voters rapidly exciting for casting their ballots is a pointless thing to do, right? Right now is the time to lay those groundworks and say, we're going to do this, and then you're going to hang stuff off it later. This is true. This is true. The Christmas tree has been brought home, and the leaves are settling, the branches are falling, so that shortly the baubles can be placed. You involuntarily raised Christmas there, Tatton, which kind of ties in, I guess, you know, it's wintry now. Let's go into, um, let's go into the second point, uh, second most popular post uh, this week, Diane. Yeah, this one is all about we're heading into a cold snap, but it has been feeling colder over the last few weeks. And actually, for the next five days or so, according to, if you're a weather watcher, um, it's going to be pretty chilly and, you know, overnight frost. Um, in the day, it's going to feel really, really cold. And the UK Health Security Agency, I guess it's their job to come out and give some advice and um, remind people of some stuff that might be good to do. So, you know, all the usual things about, you know, heating just the rooms you're using and checking on neighbours and that kind of thing. But what's really interesting, and I don't know if this is different post-COVID, but people are very... <laughs> loathed to to have that kind of advice um, according to our comments section so there was a, a a big thing about this you know lots of comments around you know why do we need to be told to wear an extra layer you know it's it's that kind of common sense versus what the government needs to tell you for me that was really interesting in in the comments around this because i guess an agency like that they've got to come out and say this stuff haven't they otherwise they're neglecting their duties but People are very sceptical about that central advice at the minute, but also because obviously the whole price of energy, et cetera, is such a big worry and concern. Um, people are also kind of saying, well, can't we sort that out rather than just give us some practical advice? I mean, we, we talked last, was it last week or the week before about the NHS in one region paying for heating to, to, to offset the potential causes of uh, being cold. I don't think it's frivolous use of someone's, of the UK Health Security Agency's time to just give a few lines to people and say, you know, it's going to be cold, think about doing these things. If you don't feel it applies to you, then honestly, you can you can keep walking. It's not really, <laughs> it's not really a problem, I don't think. I mean, that takes, it takes one intern at their desk for half a day to type that up. And if it helps someone, it helps someone. I think moaning about it is a bit much, but just, it's chilly. Just have you thought of everything? You know, like it can have a real detrimental effect. So like I thought one of the things that said was wearing several layers is better than one thick layer. Like, I mean, sure, it's not rocket science, but you might, someone might go, oh yeah, no, I'll do that. Why not? Why not share, share it? It's not mandatory. It's not lockdown. It's not telling you to do these things. It's like, hey, this might help your life out. One thing I've noticed on the Simple Politics feed is that some of the posts now do have the Christmas hat on the SP logo. Yeah, those are the posts that I make because I'm trying are to they? remind people to that we are a business and we need to sell things. And Diane forgets <laughs> to put them on uh, because she doesn't care about the sustainability of our organization. Bye, humbug. So that's how we roll. <laughs> Let's head on to the most popular post, guys. Tatum, back to you. Oh, I mean, it's the only story. The only story around at the moment is strikes. Just all the time, more and more and more people coming out on strike. I mean, just this week, we've had Eurostar. We've had border force at airports. We've got, we got trains. We've obviously got nurses. Everyone knows about that. We've got Royal Mail. 
I can't imagine there'll be a notification today about more strikers because everyone's on strike. I can't think of anyone, anyone that's not on strike. Our bin collectors, refuse workers aren't on strike yet. That's got to be coming soon because everyone knows the firefighters are balloting on it. So that's going to, we're going to hear about the teachers in England and Wales, that that ballot's going to come back as a definite striking uh, commitment soon. The refuse collectors are always quite a key one because the bins going unpicked up is a really visible sign because people don't... It's hard to cut down on your waste that much. Like, I don't know how, how, how full your bins are at the, by, at the end of the bin collection time, but like, like there's a lot. Anyway, they haven't, they haven't said yes. I, I just think that they're, 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 they'll come soon. What are the comments on, on this one for this post? They are mostly, mostly in favor of strikers mostly some saying just take take them like rail strikes on christmas eve eurostar strikes around christmas like the unions would say this isn't our doing this is their doing we have to do this because of the way we are being treated and we can't delay it because the offer they've given us is time limited and we need to be clear that it's a no it's a hard no to this what they would call derisory offer. So they would say, don't blame us, blame the government or blame the train companies or blame blame whoever. But it's shit for people. I mean, last Christmas, last Christmas, I was cancelling things because there was a sea of COVID cases springing up everywhere. Uh, there was no lockdown. Everyone thought we were going to be in a lockdown. Rishi Sunak says that he flew home and stopped us going into a lockdown last Christmas. This is our first Christmas in a long time. And it's hard that people can't get around. And it's hard that people can't post stuff. And it's hard that people are worried about, about I mean, you know, at the time when it's this cold, the nurse is going on strike, the ambulance driver is going on strike. It's worrying and it's causing anxiety. But again, they would just say, this isn't our fault. This is this is the position we've been put in. It's it's complicated and it's a nightmare and life is so hard for so many people. And yeah, it's a bit rubbish. So I think we're going to be talking about strike action for the next episode and we will come back after our Christmas break. And I'm sure we'll be talking about strike action then and see what the aftermath of that has been. Uh, hopefully you guys don't suffer too much from it. Hopefully the guys who are on strike do come to some conclusion that everyone is happy with, uh, and we will report back with that, you know, when, as we have those details. But first of all, Simple Politics has some goodies that people can buy before Christmas, and as we talked about, there is a strike, so you do want to get your orders in ASAP. Tat and Diane, do you want to tell people what they can buy from spstuff.co.uk? Well, last time we spoke about Two Years Indoors, which is such a brilliant read, and you should definitely buy that. Uh, but today, I'm going to talk about Policy Odyssey, which is our card game. What happens is you've got some solutions uh, cards in your hand, that might be different things you could change, like delivering all uh, public services through private companies, or it might be charged for missed NHS appointments, or it might be universal basic income, or it might be a four-day week or whatever. And then problems are put in the middle, and the problem might say um, cost of living crisis. And then you have to play the card in your hand that best solves the problem in front of you. And you have to justify it. Now, sometimes you'll have one that you just put straight down, and sometimes you'll be like, oh my goodness, I've got to uh, make 
the four-day week solve the cost of living crisis. And maybe there's ways to do that. Maybe there aren't. But you have to justify it. And then everyone plays their card and justifies their card. You all vote for the best solution to the problem. It's fun and it's silly. <laughs> but you have got people voting for other people at Christmas. And it can get quite tense. And people will cry and you may never speak to them again. So buy it, play it, play it with people you think are disposable to you. Because <laughs> then you can have all the fun, you can have all the fun, and then you never need to hang out ever again. So that's all good. People who you think are disposable. Hey, Kobe, do you want to play, do you want to play a game with me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. Is it Policy Odyssey? Available now at spstuff.co.uk. Let's head over to the mailbag, guys. Uh, this is for you readers and listeners of this podcast of the Simple Politics Instagram feeds. You guys have the opportunity to ask a question a week. What have we got this week, Diane? Yeah, so we love these questions. Doesn't matter when it is, anytime, send us a DM or record a voice note in our DMs. And we, we really do love them. We listen to them all. We'll get back to you or we'll feature it in the podcast. So do do it because everyone was a tiny bit shy this week. I'm not sure if people are at Christmas shopping, but we do have a great question which is from Barry Easton on Twitter. And he asks about Scottish independence, you know, the the fact that the second Indie Ref 2 basically isn't looking like a goer has been in the news. And his question is, if they do get another independence vote in Scotland, why wouldn't they also ask the rest of the UK whether we wanted Scotland to remain or not? Thoughts on that? It's not really up to us. I mean, I say us because I live in England, not in Scotland. If someone wants to go, they go. Like, I'm very fortunate at the moment to be in in a loving relationship. And it's me, so I'm sure that she won't stick around because why would you? As and when she walks off, I can't go, but I vote you stay. Katie, I vote you stay. Because <laughs> she'd be like, well, I've already, I've gone. Like, no. Let's have a recount. It doesn't work like that. And you know, in politics, like, like when we vote to leave the EU, the EU couldn't vote to <laughs> keep us. I, I wonder would they have though? That's interesting. <laughs> oh, I mean, they definitely wouldn't. But but, but imagine, but but imagine if if we if if we could imagine if Scotland voted overwhelmingly, eighty percent to go, right? And then we went, yeah, no, you can't have that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how? What, yeah, no. What kind of relationship would we then? I mean, it'd be, yeah, like, it wouldn't be cool, man. The way for the the rest of the UK to keep Scotland is to make Scotland happier. The way for me to keep my partner is for me to not be horrible to my partner all the time, unrelentingly, right? So that's what you need to do. This, I mean, this leads us back to Keir Starmer, he is he's suggesting that keeping Scotland is about giving more devolution and more power to Scotland, making the union a better place so that they want to stay, rather than saying, no, you voted, you don't get another vote. Even if you want to go, you don't get another vote. So it's not about trapping a country in the union. It's about making everyone want to be here. We would, wouldn't get a vote, but we, we have opportunities to make ourselves known as to what our opinions are. PM Watch. What has Rishi been up to? 
I love generally how quiet it has been over the past few weeks compared to the previous uh, previous PMs. But okay, Tatum, what have we got? You say you say you say, oh, it's nothing, ha-. but it, but it's total chaos in like a Westminster bubble <laughs> way. So we've had we've had an education bill, a schools bill coming through, and the schools bill. It's just about making sure we know who schools where children are, and making sure that we know that homeschooling is really being done properly, and that everyone's getting their education, and that's been binned. Um, yesterday that was binned and then we've had um, they were very anti-onshore wind farms that's been binned and they're now pro-onshore wind farms if the local area agree with them and then we had housing targets and that's that's been binned it's really hard right now to know what Rishi Sunak's government stands for what he wants he has settled the ship magnificently in terms of those big waves. But ships make big waves when they're going somewhere. This one ain't going anywhere. We are seeing changes to things. He says he's doing a mandate, doing a mandate. That's the technical term. He says he's doing a mandate that was won the 2019 general election for Boris Johnson. He has to say that because that's the only way to avoid a general election. Right. If he starts saying, "Oh, I've got my own plans here," then he's got no Monday. He's got no. He's got no thumbs up from the gov- from the public to do what he's doing. So that's what he says. But there's no legislative program. They keep changing their minds on everything. So Keir Starmer's saying he's weak. Keir Starmer called him the Blumange Prime yeah. Minister at PMQs. It's like, what decade is this, uh, <laughs> Mr. Starmer? The Blumange. I was thinking back to my uh, when I used to watch the Great British Bake Off all the time. I'm not sure if they ever made a blancmange. I don't even know really what blancmange is. Have I ever had a blancmange? Has it ever been on a menu? It's 1970s dinner party. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my mum, my mum's cooking. She doesn't listen to this, so I can say it. But my mum's cooking is very much 70s, 70s based. <laughs> sorry, mum, if you do listen. I'm sorry. I've had a lot of blancmange as a kid. Um, it's awful. <laughs> it's like gelatinous. It's like a thicker custard. So I don't know why Sir Keir Starmer QC is coming out and calling him the Blamange Prime Minister. But but it's just right now, the only thing he's actively promoting is anti-union laws. You're right. There's a lot of backbench unrest. There's all this stuff going on where we, we don't really know where things are heading. And then, unfortunately, there's, you know, the scandals and stuff that we associated, I guess, more with Boris Johnson's kind of time are still around because we have Baroness Moan and the, you know, the the whole debacle over PPE and you know what she creamed off to get a contract allegedly. You know, all of that's still hanging about. So there's still this really awful just atmosphere around it all, you know, which I think we thought we might be done with, like, you know, Rishi Sunak would have a, a, you know, a new broom, clean sweep, you know, but that stuff is still, is still around. Can that be blamed on Rishi if he's extracting the skeletons from Boris Johnson's government? Uh, I, I foresee more of these things happening. And obviously Rishi was there. He's not just popped up recently and, and taken the helm. So he was around at these things happening. So there's potentially a level of culpability, which we are yet to understand on Rishi there at this point. I, I'll be interested to see how many of these things pop up and how much he backs them away to being uh, a Bojo problem versus a him problem. Well, I mean, again, at PMQs this week, Starmer pointed out that it was him who signed the checks. 
Like it's not it's not like he wasn't associated with that government. I mean, it was Johnson and Hancock and Sunak were the the big three during that early time of the pandemic. So he can't just say, yeah, well, there was unfortunate things done by the last administration. Looking forward to next week, guys, a crystal ball. What will be happening? This is next week will be our final episode before um, Christmas and the final episode before the new year. What do you think is going to happen, Diane? It's Parliament's last full week. They're in for an extra couple of days the following week. But you would imagine at this stage in the year things to be winding down. But I, I, I don't know. It's 2022. Anything could happen. And certainly it won't be winding down in terms of news and in terms of um, there's not a strike every day till Christmas. Every day somebody is on strike till Christmas. So that won't be winding down. What also won't be winding down is the government's fighting talk over strike action. There's a lot of talk at the moment, today, yesterday, it'll keep coming, uh, about what the government are going to do to crack down on strikes and weaken the power of the unions. And it includes extending minimum services. So yeah, trains can go on strike, but like in hospitals, there has to be a minimum service to keep people safe. There would have to be a minimum service on the trains, which dramatically reduces the impact of the strike. So it's a re- it's it, the unions hate it, and the, it's difficult timing for the government to be talking about it because it seems quite competitive for the unions now. It doesn't feel like come on, let's get around the table. It won't come in time to stop any of the strikes we're currently talking about, but we might see legislation tabled in the next week. Well, thank you very much, guys, for joining us and listening to the Simple Positives podcast. Tat and Diane, do say goodbye to everyone who's listening. Thanks all. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. And we will see you next week. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.